0: Welcome to Act Pod, a podcast show that sheds light on the stories and impact of the social sector. The show is proudly powered by
1: Aspire Coronation Trust Foundation. Let's
0: begin the change.
1: Hello there. You're welcome to yet another insightful edition of our podcast Act Pod. Our story, our continent. I am Abiodun Owo, and I'm going to be your host on today's edition. Uh, so today we're going to be talking to not just one, but two cancer care champions who are right here uh, in the studio. I have with me Dr. Lola Salako, who is the founder of Shebekli Cancer Care. It's a nonprofit profit uh, organization into cancer care prevention and all of that. You get to hear from that. They're based here in Lagos. And I also have with me Gloria Oku, who is the program coordinator of Project Pink Blue, also a cancer uh, care non here in Nigeria. Dr. Salako and Gloria, you are welcome.
2: Hi, thank you for
1: inviting us. Okay. Thank you very much, Abiodo. So, our routine. <laughs> we start with getting to know our guests and, you know, what have you been doing in this space. So please, um, I guess we'll start with Dr. Salako. Tell us about yourself and your work in the cancer space. Okay, so um, I'm a
2: clinical oncologist. I'm trained to treat cancer patients, but um, I thrive when it comes to increasing access to cancer care. Mm. And so you'll find me wearing many hats, leading the cancer NGO, finding apps, and you know just generally making you know a bad space a, a bearable place for cancer
1: patients. Mm. Okay, that was quite brief. <laughs> Gloria, <laughs> please tell us about yourself. Okay, I'm you
0: yes. Um program coordinator for Project Pink Blue. I uh, Basically, I'm a career program manager. I'm also uh, a breast cancer survivor. Mm. So at um, as Project Pink Blue, I not only function as a staff, I also function as a patient advocate, which is um, born from... Um, a result of having survived cancer, living with cancer. I think that's a better way to say it. Mm. So it has uh, brought out this passion for me that linked me to Project Pink Blue as a platform in the first place. And at Project Pink Blue, we do things like uh, awareness creation, we do free screenings, we do training for oncology professionals, we navigate patients, um, and um, we do research Yes, and fundraising for patients as well. We also offer psychosocial support. That's like one of our core programs. at project Pink Blue. and um, very importantly, because we put, we see we, we put patients at the center, we try to raise patients' advocates to you know to advocate for effective cancer care. We believe it's personal for them, and uh, they will be, they will do better by being at the forefront. And I think that's why it employed me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really. Um Awesome to note that, so you're not just, so Project Pink Blue being a program coordinator at Project Pink Blue is not just for you in nine to five, it's not just a job that you go to, it's something you do as a passion as well, being a survivor of breast cancer, and we'll come to to that uh, later. Um, Gloria has talked about the strategies they use at Project Pink Blue, you know, research, you talked about training, you talked about cancer awareness, and things like that. At Shebekli Cancer Care, what are the strategies that you use in in cancer care prevention
2: as well. Okay, so Shebekli is 17 years old and over the years we've evolved. Yeah, so we've evolved. Uh, The first thing I would say is we inspire action Mm -hmm. um, and you'll find us attempting Guinness World Records. In 2015, we gathered more than 8,000 people to stand shoulder to shoulder for about five minutes and we formed the largest human awareness ribbon. Uh, The second thing will be we illuminate the dark spaces that cancer causes. Mm. We sort of remove the fear. You know, for many of us that are not, um, that have not been affected by cancer, we have an average risk. So you'll find us, you know, conducting community outreaches, cancer Mm -hmm. prevention programs for which ACT Foundation has funded us for the past six years, Mm. and we've screened more than 30,000 women free of charge for breast and cervical cancer. So you'll find us removing that fear, illuminating the ecosystem, saying that 40% of cancers are preventable, and this is how to prevent it, and these are the screening services that are available. For our cancer patients, because I'm an oncologist, I treat cancer patients every day. It is the most scary thing, The, the one of the toughest battles mm-hmm. anyone would deal with if they're diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And so just providing a place of hope, you know, providing the right information, giving people, not just the patients, but their family, their loved ones, right. the right information and tools to make the right decisions. Because the problem we have in many um, low-middle-income countries is the fact that when they're making their decisions, it's either based on fear, mm misinformation, lack of money, cultural or religious barriers. Mm. So you'll find us illuminating the spaces with the right information, the right um, motivation, the right tools. Um, And then I would say we're very, very big on innovation. Mm. And that's why we have the first cancer app in Nigeria called Unkopadi. We've conducted more than 4,000 consultations online. Mm. So. Uh, whilst I'm an oncologist and I take great pride in it because there are just 85 of us, I'm also of the opinion that an oncologist should not just serve one hospital mm. because we're 85 oncologists in the country and at least 125,000 new cancer cases per year. Mm. It just tells you that the country is not covered by oncologists and the way mm. we can bridge that gap, close that cancer care gap, is by using technology. So when it comes to our third pillar, which is around innovation, you'll find us um, coming up with the most innovative programs. If we're not screening 30,000 women, we're attempting a Guinness World Record so that 8,000 Nigerians can have fun, and while having fun, they are also learning how to deal with cancer patients, how to know the resources available in their communities. Um, And I would say our last pillar is really around research. Mm -hmm. And this is important because when you look at how cancer patients respond to care, it is quite different to the Europeans, the Asians, especially that African women have denser breasts. All the more reason they have to start screening early, and they maybe would have to use other screening modalities than other races. Um, it's also important that if we want to understand why Nigerian cancer patients react or respond to certain things around cancer, we have to know the why. Mm. And the, most, um, the logical and the methodological way of understanding these issues is conducting research. The other advantage of research is when you do have good research, then you attract grants globally yeah. from, lo- you know, local organizations, uh, scientific organizations and global organizations. So uh, I would say those are four strategies. Mm.
1: And I, and I really hear you, um, on research, cause really, um, if you're going to be doing this right, then you need evidence. Correct. And of course, um, it's research that can produce, produce that. Okay. So I'll go on to Gloria. Um, so Dr. Salako has mentioned, in a way, some of the impact we've had on people. You know, yeah, it's great to talk about numbers. It's really, really understandable that um, we need to reach a lot of people so that um, they they start with awareness, they are informed, and then even if they happen to be the screened and they they see that they have cancer or or on a in a particular stage, then they can get. Attention, you know, the treatment that they need and how to navigate through all of that. Uh, could you share perhaps one or two success stories from what Project Pink Blue has been doing with um, the beneficiaries in terms of cancer care? Okay, I think um, our biggest success story,
0: um, it's going to be our psychological support center, okay? So... Um, over the years, notice that um, a lot of treatment for cancer goes into the physical. You take drugs, you take chemo, you do therapies and tests and all. But when a cancer patient is diagnosed, most times what they think is not even the drug immediately. Mm. They think of their family. They think of what they are going to lose. Mm. They think of their dreams that is going to die. Mm. They think of death generally. So. Uh, immediately, uh, I'm I'm speaking as a patient, that I've interacted with hundreds of patients, too, so they don't think of the drug immediately or the money. I think the first thing a cancer patient starts thinking is I'm going to die, I'm going to, what happens to my family, what happens to my parents, what happens to this, what happens to that. And that is where the problem, that's where the mental health challenges start from, at the point of receiving that bad news. So, people have this uh, cancer patients carry this mental health baggage the challenges is enormous mm. and it's something you live with so there are days that are good days for you and you're able to say oh i'm living for today i'm fine and there are days that are bad days that run into into weeks into months depression anxiety and all sorts so um we've noticed this that um the Nigerian health system is not really, ad, ad, you know, addressing that aspect of cancer care. And it has a very big impact on the final outcome for a cancer patient. Mm. If you lose hope along the way, the drugs will stop working automatically. Mm, right. So we started to, you know, we, we did a, a little research. We noticed that just about 2% of cancer patients as of 2021, 20, when we started the Psychological Support Center, just about 2% had accessed any form of psychological, um, uh, any kind of mental health support, mm-hmm. and there was no M- there, There's no MDT, you know, where where you have a full team and have a clinical psychologist in the team that can talk to these patients when they need to.
1: Mm-hmm. What's so, MDT? Sorry to cut you there. <laughs> multidisciplinary team. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. So okay. this team is supposed to have a clinical oncologist, a nurse. Um, an oncology pharmacist, a, a psychologist—you know—a full team to manage every aspect of mm. cancer care.
1: Mm.
0: Yes, so well, we noticed that that gap, and what it was doing to patients. We decided to set up the psychological support center, and we called out to people to support in any way they can. And so, this what this center does is to reach out to cancer patients. Um, we might not have money to give them in that in that center, but we we'll have group therapies which we usually do once every month. So um, cancer patients, we come together. A, a Clinical psychologist, we talk to them on very important topics, topics that uh, people don't want to talk about. For example, divorce and cancer. Mm. There's, high, there's, there's an increasing rate of divorce among cancer patients. We're not mm. talking about it. We talk about death. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about uh, issues that you don't want to talk about. But well, because it's all that you're talking with people people that understand, you feel they understand what you're going through. You're mm-hmm. comfortable to see how you feel about things. And we cry together if we want to cry. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, people are feel they feel better, they feel relieved, they make new friends among the cancer community. Then they have more time to talk to the oncologist. We invite an oncologist when we have these meetings. So at the clinic it's very short time. But at, at this um, gathering now, have an oncologist and you're free to ask as much questions as you want to ask. So it's a free space for mm-hmm. cancer patients and a lot of peer support and we see the impact it's making. People call us to ask us when is the next meeting coming up. They look forward to it. Mm-hmm. And then the second great. one, yes, and um, second one, all our programs are competing. Psycholo- this, this is the first. I, okay, I would say I'm great oncology. Yes, it's the next one. And at Upgrade Oncology, um, we train different cancer professionals every year. And Art Foundation has been funding that for the third year in a row.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, the, why, why we felt it was important to start training our professionals is that we are also looking for s- sustainable programs that would impact cancer care in the short run and in the long run. Mm-hmm. And we noticed that, yes, we call people out on World cancer day and every, and bring October to come and do screenings. And people always ask us, so what if I have cancer, what next? They always ask that question, if I have cancer, what next? And what next is they're going to a doctor. And how informed is this doctor? How prepared is this doctor for them? So we train professionals so that they, they can, you know, offer accessible, affordable, and uh, efficient uh, health care. Mm. So,
1: um,
0: mm. That is awesome. Yes. Yeah, so our um, foundation has been funding that. And, and it's 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 been wonderful. You know, every year we have a specific um, set of professionals who want to train. And then we also offer trainings to other, like for doctors and nurses, it's a given. Every year they are trained. And then we've extended that to also include other healthcare professionals from the primary healthcare center, which is usually the first part of course for a lot of people that go to report cancer. to so secondary and tertiary, we bring them together. We do these trainings, we have panel discussions, and then uh, we see how we can increase. And we do this in partnership with Fulbright Specialists. Program in the U.S. We bring um, uh, we bring Fulbright scholars in that particular field okay. to come and talk to come and train people in Nigeria, and the reason is clear: they have a more advanced healthcare system in in, in the U.S. Yes, mm-hmm. and these doctors and nurses might not be able to move all the way, the expense and all. So we bring these people to them to come here and update their knowledge mm. for the okay, betterment right. of awesome. the patients. Even
1: yes. even with the fact that um you know, Dr Salako mentioned something scary <laughs> earlier or that we have just eighty five oncologists in the whole yes. of Nigeria. Yes. And we have hundreds of thousands of people coming down in can- with with cancer. Year over, yes. There probably will be more, yeah, with our environments and all of all, all all of such sorts. So it's a great thing to know that yes, now you are even training more people who can, you know, stand up um and probably um, you know fill the gap that yes. we definitely have at, at the moment. Uh, Dr. Salaka. I'll come to you with Shebekli Cancer Care. Would you like to share a success story or two with us?
2: Mm. Okay, there are quite a number, but um, I think I'll talk about the SOA Champions, which is an ongoing um, support group. Okay. so. I must mention, 20 years ago, I did lose my sister to mm-hmm. cancer. And as her only blood sister, um, it took a toll on myself because I had to care for how well she was ill. And then when she passed on, which was within three months of her diagnosis, uh, then I had to take care of other family members. So really, I didn't have my own space to heal mm-hmm. because I had to be strong for my parents and then other siblings and so since then I've spent quite all of my working life dedicated to cancer and I know I will retire there. Mm, okay. So I would say, you know, um, I would say the one that, you know, I'm really proud of is the story, the beautiful Ashes story. I would do anything to have my sister by my side, but um, in her death, We've created this organization that has impacted millions of Nigerians. So am I fulfilled? Yes, I am, because Mm -hmm. Shebekli exists. I look forward to stepping down. I've been the founding CEO for the last 17 years. Mm -hmm. And um, we've already implemented um, my execution strategy to step down within two years. Not because I'm tired of it, but because again, we're an innovative organization. We've spun off two fantastic startups that I have to go and support, uh, while Shebekli remains the mothership of all the organizations. So I would say um, the success story that I'm really proud of is I converted that pain to something very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And randomly, I'll see a woman in the market, and she'll say, ah, Dr. Salako, you, you screened me in this community, and I'm mm-hmm. like, me? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then they're giving me bread or fish or whatever they're selling. And to me, that's what life is about, mm. you know, waking awesome. up and getting these heartfelt thank yous that money cannot buy. Mm. Uh, and I think some of us are wired that way. So for those who are wired that way, they deeply understand Um, what I'm saying but more importantly the fact that Shebekli has contributed to helping other people find their purpose because again cancer steals peace money happiness disintegrates families so when we are there in that stop gap you know Mm. saying hey guy your wife has breast cancer doesn't mean you should abandon her this is how to take care of her or mom we know you have stage four breast cancer and when you pass on you're going to be worried about your kids we'll look out for them Mm. or we're just helping women prevent cancer Mm. you know cervical cancer is the second most common cancer in the country and it is preventable if you go for your pap smear or any of your cervical cancer screening and here we are, we are able to screen more than 30,000 women. We are able to prevent them from developing these cancers. Because when we screen and we identify the precancerous mm-hmm. solutions, we're able to treat. So I would just say um, I don't reflect on my own story most times because I just feel like, yeah, I'm doing it. There's that empty vacuum my sister's death um, created. And I have filled it up with all this work, Shebekli and everything. So I think the most successful story for me is that I I used that terrible story, that terrible incident, converted it Mm. to passion. Mm. And, you know, sometimes people will say, passion will not get you far. (laughs) I beg to disagree. It it, it has gotten me (laughs) this far, not just on local stages, Mm. but also my work is recognized globally. Mm. But most importantly i go to bed every night feeling really fulfilled that um not just me but the people who have gone through shebekli mm. team members volunteers patients mm. feel that we have contributed to their lives on a daily basis in a very positive way mm. Mm.
1: thank yeah. you so much for that thank you so much for that and so let's take a look at um, our environment you know on um, this part of the world where um we're not um I'd say as, as advanced as we'd like to be. Um, so in terms of cancer care, what are some of the constraints that you face, you're faced with in your interventions and how have you been able to deal with, with, with that? We'll start with Gloria. Okay.
0: Um, there's a lot of problems. With... If you could tell us one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the first one is, is the quality of care. Mm. I'm tempted to say money, but no, I think it's the quality of care Mm. that is the first problem we have here. And that is what we are trying to do, you know, that's why we're advocating that, you know, the government should just stop the brain drain at all costs, because if cancer patients are going to survive, somebody's going to treat them. Mm. And the workload on the doctors is just too much for them, 85 um, doctors to 125,000 new cases. So there are old cases that they still have to manage Right. with the new cases. Mm. So it's a whole lot for them. And um, this quality of care, you know, also boils down to the kind of drugs, availability of the drugs. Mm. So, um, you know, the health infrastructure, the therapy machines, bracket therapy machines, all the machines you need, the drugs, what is the quality, how are you able to to get these drugs? How are you able to administer them? Who's administering them? Mm. How well are they trained? Mm. You understand? So when you go to the clinic, I speak as a patient now, a whole lot is wrong with the system. The system is falling apart Mm. and the cancer patient is at the center. Mm. Just, you know, hoping for a miracle Mm. there's so much misinformation there's so much you don't know even from your doctor you have to ask questions and then you see people come to the support group to ask questions like what are your side effects Now that is dangerous because everybody reacts to every medication differently but because you don't get enough information from your health practitioner because health practitioner has very little time to interact with you because of Mm. so many people waiting outside you, you resort to asking questions from people you should not ask from other um, survivors and um, that might not impact well on the treatment. So the quality of care is a very, very big problem. And mm-hmm. then money is under very big challenge. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. month at Project we will get over 150 calls to 200 calls, people asking for money. Mm-hmm. To access to access Mm -hmm. treatment, Mm. Uh, understandably
1: so because you're you're not for profit. So yes, um, all that you're doing is, in fact, uh, free services that you provide. Honestly, so the 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 cancer patients, yes, they're
0: they're asking for money. Of course, when we call you and tell you, I have money, I I just want to know if I'm going to be fine. Mm -hmm. So this this once the job is cut out, you know, psychological support they need, but most of the patients are calling. They're asking for money. They're asking for for you know. Um, navi- to navigate them to where they will get um, treatment, the therapy, which one is working. Sometimes you navigate them, and when they get it, the machine is not working. Mm. And they call you again, oh, this machine is not working. Why did you bring me? I said, oh, I'm mm. sorry, it was working as at last week when mm. I checked. And then I, this comes back to
1: quality of care. Quality again, of care. So again. I think
0: that is the biggest problem. Money is a very, very big challenge. Many people have died because they can't afford drugs but the quality, even those that have the money, we'll rather be treated outside the shores of this country. Well, if so, they can afford if it. If they can mm. afford it. So mm. the quality is the biggest problem we mm.
1: have. Dr. Salaka, I'd like you to chime in here. She, was, she has talked about quality of care, of course, um, the issue of funds. Is there any other constraints that in Shebekli Cancer Care you are experiencing in terms of cancer care as well?
2: Uh-huh. Well, I would say um, f- it will be funding for, for us at Shebekli. Okay. Um, and that's because cancer care itself is very expensive. A patient needs to spend between 1.5 million and 10 million naira in a year to get quality care. Mm. I do agree that there are barriers when it comes to quality of care, but we must also pat ourselves on the back here in Nigeria that quality of care has improved because we do have more radiotherapy centers. Is it enough? Of course not. But from where we are coming from, well, snail speed, there's some improvement. Mm. A lot of patients are not traveling to India and Ghana and paying $50,000 for whatever treatment. They're receiving abroad care is now available in country. Um, of course, there are some states that do not even have an oncologist, stockless less mm. of a radiotherapy mm. center. But for the centers that we have, we have 10 centers of excellence when it comes to Oncology care in country. Now a lot of cancer patients are not able to cough up a million naira mm. for radiotherapy or four hundred thousand naira for chemo. So you will find a lot of patients present to the hospital with they will get an invoice but they'll never come back. And in some hospitals these invoices are to a tune of about three billion naira. Mm. So where are those patients going to? Uh A lot of advocacy is going on around universal health coverage that more cancer patients should be insured. And, okay, so you know less than 5% of Nigerians have health insurance. Mm. For the 5% that have health insurance, most of them are not covered, you know, for cancer care. So many patients are spending out of pocket. Uh, So just like she said, uh, a lot of calls, support group meetings are redoubled with, Um, We may be talking about nutrition for this month's support group meeting, but when we are rounding up taking questions, the questions of where do I get funding from, I need chemotherapy, I've started three courses, um, I need two more courses, I need 300,000 naira. Uh, And so some of the solutions we've deployed, crowd fundraising like 1K for cancer, donate 1,000 naira, and we launched this as far back as 2012 it was launched by Wana Udo Bank in partnership with Shebekli. And every year we launch that program. If everyone can donate a thousand naira, we would then you know, pull the money at the end of the campaign and support yeah. a certain number of patients. In, in good times, we've raised as much as 15 million. In bad times, we've raised awesome. maybe 200,000 naira. Okay. And the resources, so the demand always outweighs the resources. So even mm. if you have a billion naira,
1: it's still never enough. It's never enough, mm, mm. you know,
2: and that's why one of the things we are doing at Shebekli is we've spun off our own um, cancer clinic, mm. where we are able to treat our cancer patients, and we are developing this new model that we are hopeful that it would work. So mm. on Fridays, we call it the Thank God It's Friday Breast Clinic. Okay. We're starting with breast cancer patients, and we launched it last year. A breast cancer patient, on an average, needs about 5 million naira for her care. We're going to split that cost between three parties. Mm. Shebekli will raise some funds, 25%. Mm. Um, The sister organization, our cancer clinic, which is called Pell Oncology, will provide a discount to that treatment by 25% as its CSR. Mm. And the patient will pay 50%. Mm.
1: That's something.
2: So, so far we've enrolled about 40 patients Mm. uh, and we're watching how how it will work. Mm. And so, because we have our cancer clinic, our cancer hospital, we can reduce our profit margins for a certain number of patients as it is. We've supported about 30 something patients but we do have about hundred and something that have More. applied mm. and so we have to bring in measures of identifying who really mm. needs it because yeah. again when you're helping some patients some will abuse it some mm. can afford it so you need to prioritize
1: mm. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. okay awesome talk talk about you know innovative ways of you know um, finding ways around funding because I I hear you, funding will always has always been uh, a constraint, uh, a challenge for nonprofits, and uh, we keep finding creative and innovative ways to, you know, to get this funding. So as we round up, so if a donor or a partner was to you know, to find you, where would they find you? Perhaps you want to tell us your social media, social media handles. How can donors find you? Gloria. Okay. So um
0: we we have a website www.projectpinkblue.org that's our website our website and we're on Twitter as Project Pink Blue Facebook as Project Pink Blue Um, in fact all social media handles as Project Pink Blue you will find us there or you can come to our office we have our physical office at um, Utako in Abuja number eleven Moses Magico Sent Utako that's our physical office so if you come there. see us. All right, Dr. Salako?
2: So for us at Shebekli, uh again, we're very active on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. So you'll find us on Shebekli Cancer Care, S-E-B-E-C-C-L-Y. And I'm very active on LinkedIn and Instagram. You'll find me as Dr. Molola Salako, the people's oncologist.
1: Okay, so finally, in one minute each, what can you tell us about your partnership with ACT Foundation? How's the journey been, <laughs> Dr. Salako? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I'll first of all say a big thank you to ACT Foundation because yeah. um, it's very rare for any donor organization to support an NGO for six long years. And uh, I say it anywhere I go. I'm very proud of our milestones. We've screened 30,000 women free um, free of charge for cervical cancer, and we've provided treatment for these women. And it's all because... Right from inception of ACT Foundation, ACT Foundation set up our time-to-screen unit, uh, provided us with consumables to screen all of these 30,000 women, provided us with funds to um, purchase the equipments that we use to treat these women. It's the first for us in Shebekli, and we are very, very grateful for all the work we have done. And all the women we have screened say 30,000 thank you <laughs> for bringing
1: good health to their communities. Uh, Thank you. And we're so proud of what Shebekli Cancer Care is doing in Africa as well. Gloria?
0: I also want to say a very big thank you to ACT Foundation for their Upgrade Oncology Program. It's a a hallmark program and every year we train at least 300 healthcare professionals virtual and physical. And this is because of the support they've given. I want to thank uh, thank ACT Foundation for, for, for their flexibility for their understanding because it's not all the time that that the project goes as expected and then they understand and still try to guide you through another route to achieve what you want to achieve. So I'm uh, really thankful. And um, all the health professionals are, you know, are making strides just recently um, for the AACR conference in in, in, in Florida, our great oncology program for 2021 training of oncology pharmacists. You know they were able to write, um, they have a paper, and they presented at that conference. Uh, who reconstitutes your chemotherapy? You know it was done with, in partnership with oncology pharmacists from the 2021 training. Just to show you that. There's a kind of sustainability, you know. It, it doesn't just die there. We're trying to see how we can sustain these efforts every year and make sure that whatever we teach at these trainings somehow goes into a curriculum. It somehow steps down to other people, and so that it keeps snowballing. Mm. So, and all this is, um, you know, because we have been funded and supported by AX Foundation, and we say right. a very big thank you.
1: Yeah, and we are so, so proud. I must tell you that we are so, so proud of what Project Pink Blue is um, achieving you know, in Africa and around the world. Okay, thank you so much for listening and viewing today. This is where we call it a wrap. You've heard it all from our cancer care champions. Do join us on another episode of ACT Pod. Bye. Thank you for listening to ACT Pod. For inquiries and feedback, please reach us on actpod at
0: actrustfoundation.org. Follow us on social media at ACT Foundation underscore on Instagram and Twitter and Aspire Coronation Trust Foundation on Facebook. The show is proudly powered by Aspire Coronation Trust Foundation. ACT Pod, our story, our continent.